Hello, listeners. This is Preston, and I know it's been a hot minute since you heard from us, but we are coming back. 2019, we are gonna be back. Don't worry about it. And possibly some other things we've been working on. So we will keep you posted whenever something big is about to come out, or sometimes we'll just release things this year. But so this is going to be our first release of 2019. And what this is, is a very unedited conversation that Logan and I had after watching the State of the Union. And why were we watching the State of the Union? We'll get into that. And I warn you now, this is unedited. This is very raw, raw, uh, very raw recording. And it is also not fact-checked. So there is a lot of things that I said that may or may not be true. So take a lot of these things with a grain of salt, particularly when it comes to issues that perhaps I don't think we understand quite as well for various reasons. So grain of salt, keep that in mind, and hopefully you enjoy this State of the Union Fireside by Don't Worry Studios, hosted by um, yours truly and Logan Reese. So enjoy the show, and here we go. Hello, and welcome to a much more informal kind of talking thing. Uh, we're calling it Don't Worry um, Fireside. Fireside. I gotcha. Yeah, Fireside. Thank you, Preston. <laughs> it is currently 8.52 on February the 5th, 2019. Uh, Preston and I just finished watching the State of the Union. I'll admit, I made him do it. Logan hates politics, but I made him do it. I do, and he did. Um, <laughs> we, you, you might remember we did a similar thing about... Just about three years ago now, probably. Oh, something heck, like what that. year is it now? 2019? 2019, 2016. Oh, yeah. So we did something eh, like two and a half years ago. Something like that. That was the first presidential debate of 2016 when Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, the man whose name I couldn't remember for some reason, <laughs> I just block it out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, they went on a They on did a debate, debate. And, and we kind of, we talked about it. We took notes. During the whole thing. Yeah, we took notes for that one. It. We didn't take notes for this no, one. No, we just... We, we it's all in my head. I've got snide comments at each other yeah, during exactly. it. Which, I mean, isn't hard with any politician in any speech. No, it's really not. But um, I do have um, NPR just doing a live fact check, and they're kind of... They're updating it as they go right now. Um, and I have that up on my phone to kind of help stuff along when we have questions about stuff. So, yeah, we're just going to... There's no point to this. We're going to wing it. We're, we're just putting content out in the world because yeah because why not well i mean part of it is me i like getting practice for this because mm-hmm. nowadays yeah. it's been a while since we checked in with you guys and uh, it is and i wanted to talk to you about that later but we can do we, we want to talk that off, off do we, air do we want to talk about that later yeah let's talk about that later okay something down oh no, yeah. no 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 not not that it's been a while but what we've been I host a political show now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is kind of my thing now. Um, mm-hmm. I've got. What what's the what's the address? What where can people find um, your political so show? So it's at um, ames.edu forward slash radio, or you can listen to Ames Student Radio's podcast on the Radio FX app for your mobile device. And <laughs> yes, I've said this before. That is ames.edu forward slash radio yeah so if you want to give us a listen you can listen there my political show this semester which is called the pulse 
is from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Monday evenings. So, uh, and next week we'll actually be covering the uh, this very same speech in a little more detail and perhaps a little more professional. In a slightly professional manner instead yeah. of just two people <laughs> talking of two about it. Dicks. One of who has less idea of what he's talking about. <laughs> My, um, it's the State of the Union. Nobody I, knows what they're talking about. Not even the president. I, I have opinions on how the State of the Union should be. I just I shared it with press and they, they were talking. They said, like, it's the State of the Union. An hour and 32 minutes is finished. And... What I think the State of the Union should be, I think the President should stand up in front of Congress and, um, I explained this to Preston earlier, but I think they should stand up in front of Congress and they should say, hello, I am President so-and-so of the United States, this is the State of the Union, please save all applause until the end. And then I think it should be a 20-minute speech where they talk purely on, like, just hard things. I don't need any of the emotional, oh, we have a kid that had cancer, or like, oh, this guy is a hero because he got shot, kind of stuff, all of that doesn't matter to the state of the union it's all just ethos and pathos stuff yeah it's, 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 fluff it's useless yeah. i mean it's like seeing puppies on your news channel every morning puppies don't make news hey man news masters make puppies news i like puppies but not i on like the news. puppies too but you bring up a good point yeah but like i would rather see hear about the war in yemen that we seem to be forgetting about you could cut an hour off of this thing if people didn't clap and stand every time <laughs> the president said freedom and you didn't have all the side stories of oh this person over here and this person over here you could you could genuinely cut an hour off of it if the president just talked okay here's what's going on in this sector here's what's going on in this sector here's what we're going to do applause and response whatever it could be over much quicker. That's my thoughts on the general idea of the State of the Union. I have to admit, this year's level of clapping, way down from last year's. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> they clapped like every single sentence. See, this is why I don't watch the State of the Union. No, last year, I think in order to get the speech started, we waited maybe almost 10 minutes for clapping to finish. Or it felt like 10 minutes. It could have been 30 seconds for all I remember, mm -hmm. but it just felt like forever. President walked in and it was clapping for just 10 straight minutes. He wasn't even shaking hands. He was just standing at the podium. Like, he walked up, shook a few hands, and then, you know, as he goes down the aisle, center aisle of, of uh, what room are they in? I think they're in at, at, uh, they're in the house. They're in the house. That's where they're at. Yes, they are. Uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they're in the house, but I don't know what specific room. Yeah, no, they're in the House of Representatives mm -hmm. um, on the floor there. So, you know, walking down the aisle and shaking hands. He didn't do too much of that in 2018, but he did a lot of standing there at the podium waiting for everyone to stop clapping. All right, so do we want to... We, we've talked about just kind of... Overviews and stuff. Do we want to kind of go through the go through the speech now? Let's wanna... dig in. <sighs> all right, all right. So da da da. Oh, and um, if I didn't say this already, this is um, this is from NPR um, on their fact checking um, portion of their website. Yeah, and if we did like miss uh, a decent portion out. of the speech due to technological difficulties. Yeah, about about the first. Um, 10 to 20 minutes, I would say, probably we missed. So we can kind of and a good, read through this. A good I chunk of that is just riffraff and... It's introductions and, and, and stuff, and here's... Pomp and circumstance. It's sure. very pomp and circumstance. Exactly. Um, I did manage to catch the very, very beginning of it, <laughs> which annoyed me from the start. Of uh, he, Thank you very much. Madam Speaker, Mr. Vice President, Member of Congress... 
the first lady of the United States, and that's... There's so much pausing in between all this. It was... Thank you very much. Madam Speaker, Mr. Vice President, clap, 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 members of Congress, clapping, the First Lady of the United States, and then legitimately several minutes of clapping there, and then, and my fellow Americans, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um... Was this Trump saying this? Yeah, this was all Trump saying okay. this. This was Trump saying this in his slightly slower way anyways, and then with all the clapping in between. Like I've said, just, just we don't need the clapping. It's, uh... I think a little clapping at the beginning would be okay, but it's still excessive. It's still intensely excessive. As I think, it is, I think as it could, stands right now. I think you could be lightly clapping as an audience... As he's saying those things, like at the same time, without the pausing, that kind of thing, because it's an introduction. He's work. not saying anything important. Just as he's saying it, applause in the background. Um, so yeah, what was the first thing that he talked about? Actually, the first thing that I saw um, he was talking about um, that I'm interested in was this line here. This year, American astronauts will go back to space on American rockets, which is also, interestingly enough, um, one of the first things that was the fact check, um, and this is from Geoff Brumfield, NPR editor, uh, both SpaceX and Boeing are supposed to fly crewed missions with American astronauts to the International Space Station this year. Uh, currently, American astronauts travel to the station aboard Russian rockets. But they haven't um, been for a while, because the last Russian rocket finally gave out. Mm-hmm, that's right. It doesn't work anymore. So right now, the station... Is the station unmanned right now? No, the station's manned right now. They still well, have people up there? Because I know that was something they considered mm-hmm. talking about, because nobody's been building these rockets for a while. Right. No, so, that's that's the thing. As far as I, as far as I know, and don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure that the um, ISS has been manned... Uh, pretty continually since its initial construction. There's always been um, at least several people up there. Um, I mean, and as of even recently, there was that kind of quote-unquote emergency where there was a hole in the uh, spacecraft. Oh, right. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them plugged with their finger (laughs) while they fixed it. Astronauts, some of the most brilliant scientific minds on the planet, plugging holes with nothing more than their fingers and duct tape. It works. Yeah, I mean, it, it saved works. Apollo 13. If you've ever seen that movie, have you? I have not yet. I need to watch it. Go watch it. And when you come back to me, you'll say, all right, so how much of that was fake? Oh, no. See, I, I know the Cer- story. certain amount of it is dialogue of Apollo, is fake. Of Apollo 13. But they had every problem that could possibly happen, and... It was a literal Hollywood movie in the making. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, no, they should not have survived that, but they did. Like, yeah, there was... Everything was in their way. Hey, hey NASA, how do we f- make a new system to filter oxygen from, like, pencils? Pencils, duct tape, and a couple of tubes of insulation. Like, NASA's like, oh, I don't know, we'll figure it out and send you some plans. Yeah. Cool. And they just got a bunch of people with that stuff in the room and mm-hmm. said, all right, we need to do this, and we need to do this now. Right. But yeah, this is this. That's one of those just kind of non-same. These these plans have been um, in place for for months now. Um, as far as sending astronauts back, it's the nice thing of um, uh, reintroducing stuff like the space shuttle. Um, I know there's been talks of um, reopening NASA to missions to the moon, which is that's that's always good. I'm always 
in favor of that. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind seeing more people in space. Um, but that's part part of that has to do with the fact that I have a weird brain that just really likes the idea of expansion, which I, I feel like to some extent is a human feeling. It's something that we've been doing forever. Exploration and expansion is something that's been huge. And sure, we haven't filled up all of the space here in the United States. Wyoming still only has <laughs> three members in Congress. I thought you were going to say three people total, and I wasn't going to argue. I mean, it, it's pretty close. It is. Yeah, I like Wyoming. I like Wyoming because there's no people there. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's kind of the next step to... Um, to humanity. I think it's a necessity for us to expand outwards. And a lot of people, when they hear that, they're like, oh, well, we want to, we don't want to save our own planet. We want to just, just like, want trash to this one and leave. But I, I, I disagree. I think that there are enough people and resources to do both. We can save our planet as well as move on. Because, I mean, regardless of if there actually is overpopulation or not, that's a whole other thing. Eventually, there will be. And we'll need to leave the earth or will want to leave the earth or all these what if type things um expansion is necessary and and having a strong space program will help that yeah yeah i th- i think it'd be cool at the very least i mean oh, yeah if you look at our it look at the federal budget we give if the federal budget is a single dollar bill mm-hmm. then nasa gets one hundredth of one penny of our fa- of, right. of of our money. Now, given we're constantly digging ourselves into debt, but part of that has to do with the fact that we're spending money in bad counting. ways. I, I, <laughs> Evidently, the treasurer's the, office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, later <laughs> later on in the speech, um, he talks about allocating seven hundred billion to military. You're saying we couldn't do, like, even, like, $600 billion to military funding and then $100 billion to NASA? Well, $600 billion is what we, what we were doing two years ago. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we're increasing it feels a little silly. Having worked literally in the industry did, of yeah. <laughs> building these things, I can tell you there's a lot of bullshit mm-hmm. that is just constantly happening. Just... The stupidest little things, which to some extent I understand the importance of, and I understand why we're so nitpicky, but the color of the paint, if... Oh yeah, that's right, you had to have your specialized paint, you told me about that. Twice, my friend. We had to twice replace the paint on over 600 units of something, which is a pain, uh, a literal physical pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do, and... It was because of a lack of communication from the military. So, or I guess it wasn't from them. It was from their contractor. But if they want to be so strict on us to make us, you know, focus on the littlest of things, they need to enforce that communication is key so that we're not wasting money. Mm -hmm. Uh, The company I worked for almost went under for that because we offered to pay it even though it was against our contract. Yay. But, you know, we're efficient, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Super efficient. Mm-hmm. Nothing that we do is unefficient. Yep. Ever. Anything. Except everything. everything. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think we could easily take a lot of money out of the military without 
downsizing the military. Mm-hmm. So even for people who want to make a better military, you know, it, getting rid of the F-35, it's been a fiscal disaster as a fighter jet. And I've, F-17 has been, or F-117 has been something that's that's been mentioned. But I mean, if we, if we wanted to give that money to NASA, it we could cool. do it. It looks cool, but it sucks. I know. But yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly it. You put research into stuff like that when you have a perfectly good um, aircraft that already works, when you could send that money, a lot of that money that's in development and stuff to NASA. You are correct there. Um, and I think something. roping NASA into Space Force would be another good way to, at least, at least is, to get Republicans on board. Yeah, that, that is true. That is very true. If you say, look, we're going to give an extra $100 billion. <laughs> to NASA mm-hmm. because of Space Force. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think you could get a, a vast majority of Congress to vote yes on I that. I think you probably could too. It's just such a such a silly sounding thing. Like we have NASA, but now we need NASA, but with guns. I mean, that's what Space Force really is. That, that's all it is. It's is NASA, but we put guns on it. Just duct taping an AK-47 to the outside of the space shuttle. <laughs> you have a string on it. You can pull it. And... Can you please Photoshop this as a thing? Um, I, I canceled my Photoshop subscription, but I can certainly do other stuff like that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I um, mildly related on, on the budget and stuff. I heard somebody had what I think is a really good idea of um you have your taxes that you pay every year and i did mine um just last weekend i'd love to do mine (laughs) you don't have your tax forms anyways um i did mine and it's i I, I use some online service and so it took me like 20 minutes to do super nice and easy however it's you pay your taxes quote-unquote taxes and the money just goes out and the government decides where to spend it and stuff I would like to see some sort of thing on tax forms where you can choose where your money goes to. Like, you still have to pay the same in taxes, but you get to say, like, well, I want 20% of my taxes to go into this, and I want 40% to go into this, and I'd like this bit to go into this, and kind of up until you have 100% of the taxes that you pay, but you get to allocate where it goes it would take a little bit longer for you to do your taxes but i think that would be a a better a better system there's actually been some suggestions to do something similar i think because of the way our tax system works it's it would be difficult to say giving giving that right to the people to say where their taxes go is dangerous um just because the general population is generally uneducated about everything we need to give money to um, mm-hmm. And that's always been true. It always will be true. I've heard arguments that we don't need, you know, that statement isn't true because we have the internet. But Donald J. Trump is our president because of the internet. There's my counter for that. That's fair. But so you see, what, what you could have, though, is you have that paired with kind of... I think, I think the best way to do exactly. it is is almost like... Say we take a certain portion of our budget, mm-hmm. and that portion of our budget, say, 5%, which is an unfathomable amount of money mm-hmm. for the average American human. 
Right. Um, you know, the average taxpayer will never see uh, even 5%. But if we took, say, 5% of that and said the American people can choose what to do exactly with this 5% and break it up exactly how they want to, that mm-hmm. might be an interesting experiment at the very least. And that I could think be, yeah. That would be best done at the state level at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I perhaps that's something worth trying out. I, I, I think it would be and because, I mean... I think that there would be enough people kind of, I guess, in the extremes of both sides that it would balance out relatively nicely. That And if you could have just like, I mean, when you vote, there's that nice little section that kind of outlines everything. And so if you read, okay, well, this this is how much would you like to allocate for like school? And then it kind of has like a little drop down list of this is what this would go to. This would go to this and this and this and this type of thing. Even um, if with, just, with your with your five percent thing, and yeah. then people would obviously some people would be dicks and be like, oh, zero well, percent to this, and a hundred percent goes of my taxes goes to this. But then you'd have people doing the opposites of that, or you'd have just people going like, okay, well, I have one percent go to this, and I have three percent go to this, and I have this percent go to this. Yeah, yeah, I think it would most certainly be an interesting experiment, mm-hmm. and I think it's something that we should look into, perhaps even. It, we have the right as Americans to actually contact our representatives. We do. We should. Uh, so that's something I've actually, there's a bill or two I've been considering doing that on recently. Mm-hmm. I don't usually feel so impassioned about bills, but there's a few that I, I view as wholly unconstitutional going through the state senate right now. A few, <laughs> quote unquote. A few meaning one, two I have questions about, but... But yeah, so that was announced was budget stuff and military budget. I mean, extra hundred million dollars. Let's think. Ah. Yeah, that's still a huge increase, even in comparison to historical terms. Seven hundred billion. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see some increase, perhaps, um, due to inflation alone. Right. But I don't think we're going to see anything anywhere near. Uh, what Trump's proposing, which, I mean, it is a federal budget proposal that the president submits to Congress. It is not a bill. Mm-hmm. I've had adamant arguments with professors about this. Right. And um, they're wrong. <laughs> it's not a bill. It is a mm-hmm. proposal. So, right. you know, Congress gets to write whatever they want to, so long as they think that, you know, so long as they think that it, the president will will write like sign the bill at the end. That's what they'll pass. Yeah, it's all yeah. It's all right, gibberish. It's, it's I mean, all... the State of the Union really is just a chance for the president to say, "Hey, look to at speak me. This for is an what hour I and want." A half. Yeah, yeah. Well, think of it this uh... way: it, 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 we're requiring old men to stand up. Way past their bedtime. <laughs> True. True. Think of it that Preston, way. 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can get the State of the Union down to 20 minutes. Just give me the chance. I will do it. <laughs> Everyone shuts up and sits down and lets the person that is talking talk. In and out. 20, maybe 30 minutes. 30 minutes if you really want to talk on stuff. That's... Pfft. I will, I will annotate the speeches. I'll cut out the un- unnecessary stuff. 
I, so I, if I, I print out a copy of this speech, you'll give me back the 20 minute version? I'll give you back a zero minute version because none of this was important. There <laughs> <laughs> is. I, I will read to you the statement about astronauts going back to space because that's the stuff that I like, and that'll be it. There is. <laughs> We're sending people to space. Done. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it needs to be, like, as much as I hate to say it, it needs to be drier and less emotional because it's all just, they're, they're all, all, all the extra people, all the people, the, the little oh, girl with cancer. The 20 the, some odd people that the president is allowed to have in the uh, first lady's box and the couple, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 20 some odd people that the, um, not secretary of state, man. There are too many people I have to keep track of these days. Uh, House. Speaker of the House. They're all pawns. Yeah, the Speaker of the House House also gets 20-some-odd. Every member of Congress gets to invite one person Mm -hmm. from their district. And it's just... uh, It is just a cluster of extra people that we don't have space for. No. It's... You have Congress just in that wedge speaking. Just back and forth speaking to them. Word, word sprinkler. Twenty yep. minutes done. Clippity clap, go out. Home. I don't think anyone would be opposed to that. Everyone gets to instead of sitting in an uncomfortable room with a hundred other people for an hour and a half, you just have to sit people. there. Yeah, two hundred other people. You get to sit there for twenty minutes and then leave. I think everyone would be for this. Yeah, you could definitely <sighs> pass that as a bill. I should run everything. No. Zach and I talk about this all the time. I know you do. Everything would be better, Preston. If Zach and I ran and led this country unopposed by laws or checks and balances, we could get some stuff done. (laughs) But that's the point. We're not supposed to get anything done. No, we're not. That's the point. You'd think that, looking at the past. No, that's how it was written. Like, you'll look at the Constitution, and the more I've I've come into studying it, the whole point is that the federal government is not supposed to be efficient. If the federal government was efficient, then people like Hitler could arise and say, let's kill the Jews, and it would happen. That's true. Hitler's... I know know Hitler's a really fiery issue to bring up sometimes, but... What's that law? It's a good example. What law? Poe's law. I don't if, know. If, if you bring up Hitler in an argument, especially online, you've lost the argument. Okay, I'll start using Stalin then. There you go. Yeah, no, that I, someone I like Stalin what, will come along however, and just kill everyone in his family. The inventor of that law actually came out and made a statement that that Poe's law does not apply to President Trump. Huh? I think it's called Poe's law. I, that's what I'm going to call it, but yeah. Um, or at least not necessarily Trump, but like what is currently happening, because Nazis are back. It... Well, we say Nazis are back. They're they're bad, but they're not Nazis. They're, they think they're Nazis. Nazis did not like religion. The people who are okay. claiming to be Nazis burn crosses because they think it looks pretty. If they're calling themselves Nazis, I'm going to call them Nazis. <laughs> that's how that's going to work. <laughs> But, whatever. Yeah, space. Space budget. <laughs> That's where we were. We're not going to talk about this whole thing. 
We're not. It's not possible. Oh, no. What was the next point that I was going to bring up? Um, yeah, NPR has this thing where he brings up healing old wounds very early on in his speech, and they talk about how that's very similar rhetoric to um, his 2016 campaign um, when he was on the trail. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it I hadn't like thought very about similar that, but stuff. now that you bring it up. And, and we, we did actually talk about that briefly, not necessarily about that point, but about how this whole speech, I think somebody mentioned it on the TV, that this whole thing sounded a lot more like kind of a convention speech. Yeah, it sounded like a 2020 Repu- you know, RNC speech of, you know, we're going to run this country because we're Republicans. Hell yeah, USA. Right. Which it, it didn't I, sound like a, a State of the Union. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot words there. Give me just a second. I'm going to turn off the TV now. That's fair. I think we're going to take a quick, quick break. For a hot second, and then we'll come back to you here on this not-so-quick quick take <laughs> of the State of the Union by President Donald J. Trump. Everything's fine. <laughs> While we're on our break, I just want to remind you that if you want to listen to the show that I host on politics, also known as The Pulse, um, you can listen to that on Monday evenings from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., on ames.edu forward slash radio, or you can listen to Ames Community College's station on the Radio FX app for your mobile device. It's a really easy app to use. I just got a smartphone, as I believe will be mentioned sometime throughout this particular show, and I got the app for that, and I've been using it, I wouldn't say nonstop, but I've been using it quite a bit, and it's a really easy app to use. And you can sit around and listen to all of our great student talent that we have at Ames Community College through that app. You can see when all of our shows are going to be and a vague idea of what those shows are going to be about. So give that a listen. Once again, that's at ames.edu forward slash radio or on the Radio FX app for your mobile device. Anyways, back to the fireside. Maybe I push that button. I thought you just hit space. Are we still talking? Hello? Yeah, are we still talking? Oh, okay. Our levels are still the same. Awesome. So how about that wall? <laughs> oh, are we recording now? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know if you'd actually hit the... Right, you can edit that out, or you can leave that in. I'm tempted to leave it in. Maybe I, we'll throw I mean, it at the end. <laughs> we'll just, see. Just the mouth sounds. <laughs> just, just end it. And I'll leave you with this. <laughs> Don't do that. You know how many... Ep- you know, we could probably make an hour-long episode of just mouth sounds and can crushing from you. Why haven't you done that? Because <laughs> that takes a lot of work and a computer that runs a lot faster than mine. That's fair. That's true. I've used Photoshop on a laptop, and I imagine it's pretty similar to doing sound editing. Probably. Yeah. This thing was not designed for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a better computer. Me too. Hey, people, give me money for a new computer. Don't do it. Then you'll give lot, lots of podcasts, because no, I'll be addicted, won't. and I won't be able to stop. 
Okay. It won't be hard. Anyways. Hi, we're back. We're going to talk about, about that the middle section of the speech, which was all about the wall. Yeah, there was all about 10 it. or 15 minutes where Trump said, hi, I want a wall. We need a wall because I want a wall. Said the, the end. word wall about 40,000 times. And that's all we're going to say about the wall because blah, 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 boring. We've heard about this. Though one thing I would like to note, he, he mentioned several times that Congress has 10 days. <laughs> Several people said that. To reopen the government. Now, he's not entirely wrong. (laughs) There are 10 days till the government shuts down. Mm -hmm. But Trump, essentially, because of some bureaucratic bullshit, essentially has three more days to send them a bill saying, this is what I would accept. Lucy. Hi, Lucy. That's Doggo. My dog. Doggo tags. She's super sweet. And she's not blind like mine. Yeah, she can see and she can move. Without running into things. Yeah. Well, tis not a Roomba. Sh- she can see. <laughs> she still runs into stuff. <laughs> You're a sweetheart. I love you. Anyways, there's our fluff piece on puppies. And <laughs> see, but that's important. <laughs> oh, what else did he talk about? He talked about. He talked about the economic growth that, like, most of is because of Obama-era stuff you were saying, right? I mean, a lot of it just has to do with the fact that we, like, I don't think even Obama, like, had much to do with it, per se. Now, I'm not an economist by trade. I have some decent understanding of the economy. That's just what I'm, from what I've said, um, da-da-dum. Oh, I can't find it. But I, I I just read a thing on this page that I'm on the fact check. Um, yeah, that a, a lot. I can't find it right now. But a lot of it was it was it was already happening, kind of. Yeah, it's it's been yeah. happening. No, we're actually in the longest ever uh, U.S. Ex- economic expansion mm-hmm. since we started paying attention and giving a crap. Um. <laughs> Shocker. Woo. So there are a lot of economists who are worried about what's next because we we passed our 10-year mark uh, of growth. So now people are starting to get a little nervous. The yield curve is starting to invert slowly but surely, which for those of you who don't know what the yield curve is, go ask NPR's Planet Money podcast and their side podcast, The Indicator, uh, great shows, which one of the people on there is a super nerd over the yield curve and has brought me into the fold as a super nerd. So also shout out to Cardiff Garcia. If you actually do want to find out what Preston just said, what that is, let Preston know because then that'll mean that there's two of him. (laughs) I'm not saying that nobody cares, but (laughs) nobody cares. Just me and Cardiff. Great. Exactly. It's a <laughs> podcast specifically for you. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They release it every day for my daily pleasure. <laughs> it's my, exactly. It's my evening listening experience. You're the only listener, and it's 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 very nice. I pay their salaries, <laughs> or at least the advertisements do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slowly dwindling advertisements due to a broke single broke listener. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Next thing. Next thing. Move along. We're about. One thing he mentioned that I thought was interesting was I was surprised he brought this up to some extent. To some extent, I'm not surprised, but he brought up the opening of the U.S. Embassy in the city, Jerusalem. 
Oh, in yeah. Israel. That went well. Um, you could say that. <laughs> there wasn't a full-on war caused by it, so mm. it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Could have been better. <laughs> by not doing it. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? He talked, he talked about Iran and how evil Iran is. Shocker. Course, yeah. Trump hates Iran. Because Obama loved Iran, according to Trump. <laughs> um, because, you know, Obama wasn't born in the U.S., according to Trump. Yeah, that's a thing that happened. That's something I still forget about, is that Trump was on... It's our current president. <laughs> yep, and he took over from the guy he accused of not being American. Mm-hmm. Being a Muslim socialist, mm. which I would like to point out, Islam and socialism do not mix. They cannot mix. They are vastly different. So yeah. I always thought that was ironic of, oh, Obama's nothing but a Muslim and a socialist. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What? <laughs> Hannity, please. Say that again. I want to hear you say it again, Sean. What a terrible name. Sean. <laughs> uh, just going after Sean there, huh? <laughs> Specifically Sean Hannity. All right, that's fair. <laughs> His face, though, it just... Uh, um, so light. Man, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's the... Um, what else did he talk about? We eliminated the very unpopular Obamacare individual mandate penalty uh, applause. And to give critically ill patients access to life-saving cures, we passed, very importantly, right to try. Which I hadn't heard of this, actually. Yeah, what is right to try? That was something um, else I hadn't heard of. From Allison Kojak. Uh, Congress passed the right to try bill in May. Advocates for seriously ill patients say the new law will allow terminally ill patients to access experimental drugs that could prolong their lives. But opponents, including the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network, fear that the new law will muddy medical research and won't do much because there are already a, there was already a system in place to get drugs in clinical trials to patients who would benefit. So it's a thing that's kind of confusing stuff that's already in it's place. It's just extra paperwork. That's, that's what, what it, it kind sounds of sounds like. Because like. I've heard that there's already, like, kind of, you can get, quote-unquote, experimental stuff that's been passed by the FDA that's in its clinical trials yeah. as a patient. This sounds like a thing. And that's been a thing for a long time. That's how we decide whether or not, like, that's how we figure out what the side effects to humans will be on a drug. Yeah. So when you read that pill bottle, uh, the incredibly boring pill bottle, on the rare occasion that you decide to read it, that lists all these boring side effects, which most of us will never experience. Mm-hmm. Somebody did. I have. That's. I mean, no, I mean somebody did experience those. That's why they're on there. I ha Yeah, yeah, and I've experienced that too. The, I was one in five, or, or one of five in a thousand people who experienced side effects from a particular drug. So they are real side effects, even though oftentimes they sound like a lot of blah blah blah. Those things are real, folks. Sometimes, kind of. But yeah, I mean, this this just sounds like a thing that sounds good um, on paper or it's in a, a feel speech, good but bureaucratic bullcrap. Yeah, exactly. My administration has cut more regulations in a short period of time than any other administration during its tenure, and the fact check on that is thanks to the fracking revolution, the U.S. became the world's largest oil producer last year. We're not going to talk about that because Logan has very strong feelings about that, <laughs> so we're just going to skip right over that and go to... Oh, yeah, the in the... 
I thought this was like the end of the speech. Because it felt like we've been going on for a long time when he said, Members of Congress, the state of our union is strong. And I was like, sweet, it's done. And then he kept talking for another hour. <laughs> this is, yeah, members of Congress, the state of our union is strong. A plant, a applause, and then chants of USA, which again, I could do without. I thought it was interesting that uh, of all the, the first time we heard the USA chants, it came from the Democrats. That was the most interesting thing to me, is that at a State of the Union with Donald Trump, one of the most divisive politicians we've seen in the Oval Office since probably Nixon, uh, got the Democrats, the opposition party, to start chanting USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he mentioned... he. This was very smart. Whoever wrote his speech, very smart to mention that a very large increase in um, our workforce has been women. Mm -hmm. And we've seen enormous growth in women in the workforce. Yeah, where was that? And honestly, those numbers, I'm pretty certain his numbers were close. Not, maybe not exactly right, depending on who you ask. Um, given he also does have the jobs report at his disposal, so maybe his numbers were spot on. He has a lot of things at his um, disposal that he doesn't use. Like his intelligence agency. (laughs) We current. Though you could say that is also a good thing, because nuclear bombs, yay, not using those yet. I was more referencing the fact that he said, like, just the other day, that he doesn't trust his own intelligence community. Which is funny, because he took somebody from the intelligence community community director of the cia mike pompeo and put him as rex tillerson's replacement as the secretary of state when he fired tillerson via twitter and some rumors have gone around that tillerson found out when he sat down on the toilet and did what we all do whipped out his phone scrolling through twitter found out he was fired and this gave lavar burton a great chance to say when he was as a guest on the podcast Love It or Leave It, to say that Rex Tillerson was canned on the can, mm, which is something mm-hmm. that I love to think about. <laughs> it's what a weird time that we live in. Regardless of like what your political beliefs or anything are, you can agree it's not normal right now. It's really weird. It's it's just kind of there's there's sometimes where I just look at stuff and just go Wow, it is. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah. Ah, I mean, it is a weird time. I mean, Beto O'Rourke, a Democrat, a very, very, well, not very, very, but a, a, a left-wing-feeling Democrat, almost won Texas. That says something. Since something really weird is going on, that a Democrat can compete in Texas. Mm-hmm. And not only did he compete in Texas, he raised presidential campaign amounts of money for his campaign. That's incredible. It, it was a single senatorial race. And he was still up there fighting with money that some presidential candidates, like the Libertarians or the Green Party, only dream of. But he was up there fighting for it. Things are crazy weird. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. 
I don't know. But the State of the Union was status pro quo this year. The State of the Union was the same as it was last year. And the year before, and the year before, and the year before. He used exactly the same phrasing, actually. Ladies and gentlemen, the State of the Union is strong. Yep. That's a thing here in this um, fact check and interesting things of annotations. Um, I, I would just like to point out... If you do go and look at this thing on NPR, the bit where he's talking about the wall and the caravans and all this stuff, there's a whole like paragraph there that is highlighted for fact check. And then under that, the annotation is about about four paragraph response to a single paragraph for fact check. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> that's okay. So we, we passed we passed that. Uh, more of that. This is professional. This is what we're doing. Fireside. Could you put in like fireside crackling underneath? underneath <laughs> the entire this? thing. Yes. Just, just get like the just, Netflix. Yeah, uh, the one that's like eight hours long, and then you can just put it underneath it. That would be excellent. Okay, I'm I'm trying to scroll through to find our next talking point now, but like genuinely, there was so much about this wall like oh yeah there was so much about the wall well i mean for president trump this is his number one issue this was the first thing he said out of the gate when he came down the escalator in december 15 saying i'm running for president and we're gonna build a wall and mexico's gonna pay for it and i don't remember who it was i think it might have been conan o'brien not sure don't quote me on that but some funny man Went, was in Mexico City, walking around with a bank that looked like a, like a piggy bank that looked like a wall, <laughs> asking mm-hmm. people, like, he said Mexico's going to pay for it. Do you want you want to put anything in it? Yeah, that sounds like Conan. Yeah. and I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's, that, that's probably a thing on his uh, Netflix show, uh, Conan Without Borders, which, oh. by the way, is very good, actually. You should check it out. It's... Conan Without Borders. Netflix? Conan Without Borders. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. It's his... He's, Conan's done an interesting thing where he... Um, he had his late night show, and they shut it down for a few months. And what Conan's done is he took that he he basically got TBS to cut the show down from an hour to a half hour for a late night show. You'd actually find this really interesting because you're into all this media and stuff. Yeah. So he cut it like a, a talk show, which format has been unchanged for as Decades. long as it's been around, basically. Yeah, probably at least twenty years. He got rid of that. He cut it down from an hour to a half hour. There's no desk anymore. It's less formalized. He's not wearing a suit or anything. And he really, just he got one... rid of the desk. He got rid of the desk. Ooh, he got that... rid of the house band. It's just him. These he are big up... changes that Preston is into. You should you should genuinely check it out. It's really interesting. But what else he did is he um um we were talking about the State of the Union. Um, what else he did <laughs> is he um he started a podcast. And he also has his Netflix show. So basically what he did is the only reason that TBS let him cut the show down is so because he, do he has this, um, kind of actually the opposite. Um, he started doing those other things so they let his, him cut his show down because he's still making revenue from those two places. Oh, yeah. Um, so they kind of sacrifice some of the show because people are obviously going to stop watching because it's change and people don't like change. Um it, it's you should look into what he's done recently because it, it's it's very interesting, interesting from the I will, point of media. I, yeah, that is interesting. I have to admit, Conan sometimes drives me crazy. <laughs> um, 
Sometimes he's just irritable enough to me for me not I to watch. I think he's a really interesting person. He's interesting, but... But I get it. His appeal is not always my thing. He is a strong personality. <laughs> to say the very least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, State of the Union. What were we talking about? Mexico bang for the wall, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. One Mexican man said, hey, can I put this in it? And he stuck his middle finger out and tried to put it in the (laughs) piggy bank. I was like, okay, okay. Uh... (laughs) Down for funny. Awesome. Love it. Thank you, Mexico City. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. You've been great tonight. (laughs) It's been yidge. Don't make me hate you. (laughs) (laughs) He talked about, he, he very briefly talked about something that a lot of presidents talk about, which is stopping HIV. Yeah, um, and that's something we've been talking about since, oh, I want to say it was, 70s. yeah, yeah, we have been talking about it since the 70s, but politicians really dug into it, particularly the Republican Party in the, uh, I want to say election in 98, maybe it was 2000. No, 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 I think it might have been 96. Um, someone was running against Clinton. I don't remember who. I don't remember the whole situation. But essentially, the Republicans really jumped on board that in the 90s by inviting somebody to speak at the RNC who Mm -hmm. had HIV, who was a Republican. And that was a huge deal. Um, I've actually, we actually watched that speech in my speech class. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, what I I found interesting about this, um, it says, yeah, we, my budget will ask Democrats and Republicans to make the needed commitment to eliminate the HIV epidemic in the United States within 10 years. Um, the needed commitment to eliminate the HIV epidemic. Um, that, that's just interesting phrasing to me right there. I can't quite put my finger on why, but it, it's interesting. It's not to find a cure or to fix a problem. It's to eliminate the HIV epidemic. But what is interesting about that, as I, I brought this up before, is that um, I think earlier last year, uh, this administration uh, ended funding for stem cell for, research, for, for stem cell research, which was doing a lot of stuff uh, for HIV. So that's kind of it, it says it here in this kind of fact check thing of um, the call to end HIV transmissions in ten years echoes many other targeted stop HIV campaigns from the past, most of which have not made much of a dent in the rate of new infections. Um, so basically what that's saying is that this is another thing of, it's a lot of talk, but it's a lot of talk that a lot of other people have already done. It's lip service. Exactly. Which is kind of the job defi- job description of a politician 90% mm-hmm. of the time is give me lip service. Right. And which is what we look for way too much. And, and later on, um, this is Joe Neal. Uh, he brings up, um, critics are quick to point out that the Trump administration's actions to date on health care, partially dismantling the Affordable Care Act and reducing the number of people able to get insurance coverage, along with targeting planned parenthood for cuts and various challenges to the LGBTQ rights work on cross-purposes with goal of ending HIV. Basically, a lot of words for saying they've kind of really been doing the opposite to helping HIV. They, they, yeah. They've been more damaging to it than trying to help it out but again this is this was all leading into his thing of um 10 year old girl gracie eileen 
This is the cancer girl we brought up earlier. Sitting right next to Melania. Looks like Melania dressed her, if you ask me. Uh, Of course, she looks like the Christmas decorations (laughs) that Melania put up in the White House. Which you called... (laughs) Sharp, cold, and gray. (laughs) Those are your exact words. Uh, You know, like Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) More like winter in D.C. Yeah. (laughs) Melania was just embracing her surroundings. Yeah, it's 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 we we talked about this a lot in my in my um, journalism class that I took um, not last year I think the year before that though of all of this stuff you, you see it a lot in the news and stuff it's it's unimportant the girl had cancer and she beat it good that's good for her I'm happy for her. But it's not important to the speech at it all. It doesn't it's, affect it's all... the State of the Union directly. No, but what it does do is it puts a little girl up there that say, oh, you want to help the little girl, don't you? Of course you want to help the little girl. If you're against me, then you're against this little girl that just beat cancer. You're, you, you're pro-cancer is what that means. <laughs> That's, it's, it's a base mark for rebuttal, basically. Let's see That's how long. I want to see how long it is. T-shirt. <laughs> <coughs> mm, excuse me. Coming down with cold. Gross. <laughs> I wasn't talking. You can edit that out. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Okay. This is a lazy podcast. This is, we are professional. Yeah. We've got this on point. Suits and ties and everything. Mm-hmm. It's been, what, more than a year since we recorded a podcast? And successfully released it, yes. Woo! I so. hate you. I still hate you. <laughs> we had one. We had a podcast. And then Preston went and corrupted it and <laughs> eat it off his computer. And I know that that type of thing just happens, but I'm blaming you for it. That's okay. This grandpa just got a smartphone. Woo, he did. We were so excited. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's, it's, it's not important stuff. It's the same reason why they have, like, murders and stuff in the news is those aren't important stories. Um, they're important to the people that they're affecting, but they're not important for the news. But you know what they do? They make you watch. And yeah. you continue to watch. That's how they get... you got to keep their number. I once had a professor say that in media, if it bleeds, it leads. Exactly. So front page news is always bleeding. And if there's nothing bleeding, you go to the hot political issue. That is just the easiest thing to put on your front page because it is the easiest thing to get people riled up about, to get them to read and to watch and to listen. And mm-hmm. that is what they care about. Because to some extent, that you have to do that. Because otherwise you make no money and you can't actually put any news on, on the table, even if none of it matters. I'm going to give you a little hint here. <coughs> Nothing matters. Uh, Nihilist Logan. Uh, it's my favorite Logan because it's true. Nothing matters. The more you learn about physics, the more you realize nothing, nothing matters. matters at all. You know what's going to happen in a few billion years? The sun's going to expand and swallow the earth and we're all going to die. Oh, we'll be dead by then anyways. Exactly. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yep. But I mean, it's... You can believe that, and it's true, but, I mean, we're probably living in a simulation anyways. There's a lot of evidence leading towards that now. Just bring the box over here. Oh, yeah, you make a fair point. Yeah, there you go. I don't want to blow my nose right next to the, the mic. Well, yeah, we don't care. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> mm, gross. 
It's your choice if you want to edit them out or not. Maybe this is just for us. Maybe we won't, we won't even release this. Uh, One thing I didn't mention earlier when we were talking about <coughs> HIV. Mm-hmm. You have <coughs> HIV? No. No. Actually, HIV is coming is making a comeback. Ooh. Because there's a lot of diseases that are making comebacks, Preston. I know, but HIV's been particularly scary. The BBC was the first group I heard to cover uh, how much things have changed. Because at mm-hmm. one point, when the HIV epidemic first began, people were afraid of this thing. Right. But people aren't scared anymore. So people ignore it because they're not scared of HIV because there's ways to treat it and live with it. So we're not preventing it. That's the core issue. I mean, they, they, I remember listening to interviews with African girls. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of them that say they would rather get HIV than get pregnant. Eh, I mean, this is a disease that could kill you. Yeah, but so could a kid. True, true. I, I, I get I get what you're saying. But if I'm you have no money facetious. to pay for the drugs in some third world country, yeah, that's first world country. They're expensive drugs. Yeah, exactly. But it is a scare. It should be scary, and it's something that we haven't been focusing on. I don't know if you've noticed the HPV ads on YouTube recently. Um, I have not. I, I don't pay. You have AdBlocker on. No, I actually don't because um, AdBlocker right. gets rid of the revenue for. Podca- the people uh, yeah. that I watch, so I, I have it turned off for specific YouTube channels. I also mostly watch on my phone, which doesn't have ad block. But I actually oh, haven't right. been getting a lot of pre-roll ads. I've been getting a lot of the weird YouTube quizzes where it's like, which of these things yeah. would you rather buy or whatever. Yeah. My favorite thing to do is click none of the above. Mm-hmm. Like, which of these following companies have you heard of? And it's like Apple, Microsoft, and Sony. I click none of the above. Like, I'm a grandpa that's never heard of technology. I've started answering those because I'm, I'm in some vain hope that it might start helping my targeted ads. Because my targeted ads on a lot of places are pretty spot on. They're pretty good. On YouTube, YouTube has no idea what I like for some reason. Even though it's the place where I spend the most time online probably. YouTube has no idea what I like. It's like truck commercials, and then it'll be like, well, what about video games? A bunch of other, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where, I don't know how that algorithm works, considering they're owned by Google and ABC. It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, but I'm, that does surprise me that that doesn't work as well as it does, say, on just Google. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, considering they're a conglomerate of anything. <laughs> Fair, but yeah. Anyways, what else do you talk about in his speech? Oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. Nancy Pelosi. I kept my eye on her. <laughs> you did. You did the entire time because she, I think, was the pinnacle of how well this speech was going. It's always interesting to watch the people in the background. That's what it was always fun to watch. Um, what's his Biden. name? Biden in the background. Joe of Biden's face in the background of any time Obama was speaking. Because he could never pay attention to the speech. No, and even when he was, he was being a dork and a weirdo about it in the background, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny considering he's a seventy-some odd year old man. 
but it's you know it's not something we think about of how is the vice president responding mike pence i will admit does a very good job of not shut he just stands there and shows the emotion of proud to be an american and that's the only emotion i think mike pence has fun fact he didn't move for the entire speech (laughs) except when he was standing up to clap he stood but his facial muscles did not even twitch yeah i don't think i've ever seen him make a different facial expression it's always been the same pence face like you take a picture of fence of of Pence now, and in ten years, you're going to be looking at the same picture of the same emotions in any situation. But Nancy Pelosi, I noticed a couple of times when she would she would either look confused, maybe not necessarily disgusted, but definitely confused as to why something was in the speech, which makes me think there were a couple of times when Trump deviated from what he had written down because she has Trump really right shocker. I mean, the fact that he didn't come out right and say something incredibly racist was like, okay, at least he followed the script, kind of. That'll be the headline tomorrow, like, being pro-Trump is, Trump didn't say anything incredibly racist. This time. Good job, President Trump. This time. That will be the headline. I remember that being a headline. Not, Not that exactly, but that was a headline of, Trump was presidential at this speech, yeah, I hope so. We can only hope it's, it's... with a man who's so enthralled by Twitter, who's also been given all of the character. What is it? Two hundred seventy characters he has. Two hundred forty. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You you understand the internet? I think. <laughs> you have me on this show quoting. I don't speak youth. How many characters is it? Yeah, but you can speak tech a little bit better, a lot bit better than I can. Say the number anymore. What number? Number of characters you have on Twitter. Uh, I'm gonna say 240. Because I think I think it I think it was like you get 140, and I think it was increased by some portion. Oh, it absolutely was increased from a smaller amount to a larger amount. And Trump got the larger amount because he has enough followers, and that's how Twitter works. So now the and then everybody got more characters. Oh, really? Did everybody? Yeah, it was. It was initially rolled out to high-profile oh. people, but then it was rolled out to everyone. I didn't hear that bit. Keep up. Sorry, just got. Boy. A, holy crap! I can get Twitter on my phone. You can. You can get a lot of things on your phone. Don't get Facebook on your phone. Yeah, it's too late for that one. Delete it off of your phone. <laughs> delete your Facebook. No, don't delete your Facebook. Just get rid of the Facebook, <laughs> Facebook app, app and only access it from Chrome. That's what I do, and it makes my life so much better. Actually, for me, it was taking getting rid of the notifications thing. So it does not notify me when anything happens on Facebook. So I check it maybe once a week on like a, on a really active week. Preston checked it this week. You know what would make it less than that? Not you delete having. the app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I didn't delete the app. I just never got the app on my phone, and that's that's how it stayed. I have I have Messenger. But incredibly useful tool. Exactly, Messenger is really useful. I also, yeah, of the things that I have related to Facebook, I have the Messenger app, and that's for talking to people. And I have the Pages Manager app for stuff like this, and it links to Facebook, but it doesn't link to the Facebook app because I don't have the Facebook app. You should get the Pages Manager app. Yeah, I should. Actually, I didn't since know you have that a was a thing. Um, yes, it's been a thing, and I do a lot of stuff from it sometimes when we're actually active on our page. Huh, good to know, good there's, to know. There's graphs and analytics, Preston. I know I love graphs now. I do too. I've gotten really into graphs. They're so good. Yeah, yeah. Our last video um, had two comments and three shares on the actual video itself. I don't know if I was able to share that one, but that's a conversation for later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That doesn't matter to you guys. We're talking about the State of the Union, Yeah. which is great. 
apparently. Yep. It's. I also found the the confused moment I got where he went from um, oh, talking yeah. about how <laughs> kids are God's gift to the earth, and then immediately started talking about the military budget. He went from like he was talking about this and saying all children are born and unborn are all children born and unborn are made in the holy image of God. And at that point, I turned and said something to Preston. And when I turned back, he was saying, over the last two years, we have begun to fully rebuild the United States military with $700 billion last year and $716 billion this year. And I missed the line in there where he said, the final part of my agenda is to protect American security. That was the segue. That was that was the segue that we missed. So we, there was a mild segue. But that's not a great segue. That's not. And we missed that. So it was extremely confusing for me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. wait, he was talking about babies, and now he's talking about military budget. Yeah, it was a, it was a definite 180 in the speech that was poorly written. Whoever his speechwriter was should really work on their transitions. Mm-hmm. If that's how they're going to keep writing, they need to they need to take a class and just work on their transitions because they can be better. That was actually the moment when Trump was talking about how children all born and unborn are in, made in the holy image of God. Uh, that was the moment when Pelosi's face kind of crumpled and went, huh? And kind of like leaned out to look at him to see if he was actually saying what he was saying. At which makes me think she did not read that, either she did not read that part of the speech and was legitimately surprised, or it wasn't in the written version of the speech. Because her... At, Every member of Congress that wants a copy is given one before the speech. But as the president walks up, if you ever pay attention to this, when he walks up to the podium, he grabs two manila envelopes every time, hands one to the vice president, one to the speaker of the house. And that is those are copies of his speech for them to read. You even saw Pelosi on a handful of occasions actually pick up her speech and just kind of start flipping through it, stopped paying attention entirely. Mm-hmm. I remember Pence stood up to clap for something and I kind of just saw her eyes look over like, oh, Pence is standing. Whatever. I mean, Back to my paperwork. I've done that before when the teacher hands you out like a paper and then she just starts reading off of it. <laughs> I'll start reading the paper and be like way ahead of her and so I'll get distracted by it and then like I'll, I'll finish the paper and then like, oh, well, what do I do now while you're just saying all the stuff I already read? Yeah. I get it. I relate. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there was... <sighs> Middle East. He brought up the Middle East again. Shocker. Oh, right, because he started talking about Iran. Yeah, he started talking about the military budget, and that had a lot of segues into a whole bunch of other stuff. They talked about Venezuela, and they talked about... Um, America will never be a socialist country. Rah, rah, rah. Let's stop on Venezuela for a second. Okay. I'm surprised he did not bring up that we are, we the country of the United States of America, are supporting the opposition leader in, as he has declared himself the president pro tempore um, until the next elections can be held. Two weeks ago, the United States officially recognized the legitimate government of Venezuela and its new president, Juan Diado. That was in the speech. I can never remember how to say his name, but I'm surprised he didn't elaborate on it more. Because that's something that the world has kind of, like, the UN is is on board <laughs> with Trump in this. You know, the United States did it for, maybe not we did it first. I don't know if any smaller countries did it first or not. But I know it was headline news on the BBC World Service that the United States had decided to oppose Maduro by supporting the, his opposite, the opposition leader. 
mm-hmm. who has just kind of taken power in this chaotic s- moment. And Murdero... Yeah, it was big news because it was a pres- it was the president of the United States like outwardly supporting the opposition leader to a standing government official, basically. Yeah. Which is... That's big news. That's big news. It's not uncommon. It's given. not uncommon, but like it's... At a time when the country's already in turmoil, that's big. Big, yeah, yeah, and it's it's. I'm interested to see how that unfolds. But I was surprised he didn't go into more detail on why he's supporting the current um, temporary president. I bet it's green. Probably. Who knows? Money, money's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I know. Not, 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 not other green stuff. I know. He opposes global warming. It can't be green. If it's green, it's not good. Ah! Oh, Logan just got... We just finished the Hulk. Hello, Hulk. How are you doing today? (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. I I don't want to talk about how our president doesn't believe in global warming. I don't... I can't. I can't (laughs) Can't talk about it right now. Because, yeah. Are you going to talk about it? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It redlined when I hit the table, and I'm sorry for that. But here's the thing. It drives me insane. Every time there's a single freaking snowflake that falls out of the air, all these people, including our president, come out of the woodwork and are like, whoops, that's a, that's a, that's a snowflake. Guess global warming's not true because climate and weather are the same thing to them and they don't get it. That's like that's the equivalent of going, well, I ate lunch. That must mean that there's no such thing as hunger in this world. <laughs> that is the same exact thing. I like that uh, analogy. It's 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 an analogy that I've seen going around um, quite a bit online whenever this thing happens. Because as you know, this it cold snap a lot. happened um, in the United States. And, and the Midwest happened. Republicans said that, see, would it's you, cold. Would you like to know like the actual science behind why there's more severe snowstorms with global warming? Do you know why? I don't know why exactly. My brain makes sense of it on its mm-hmm. own and just says, yeah, climate change, things are becoming more extreme, which means we get the extremes of both sides. That's too true. hot, too cold. Look at right. fires in California. These the 16 worst fires in United States history, to my understanding, I think it's United States history, have happened in the past two years in the state mm-hmm. of California. Two mm-hmm. years. 16 worst fires. 13. 2013, Colorado saw the worst floods we've seen in 500 years. We've seen a cold snap that's bl- frozen half of America and it, it, part of its economy. We, I know. We had, we, we had that going on at the same time that it was like 50 degrees down here, too. Yeah. In January. It was nice. I wore a t-shirt and jeans outside the other day, and it was wonderful. But, like, in layman's terms, why, like, specifically with snowstorms, why we get stuff like that, is that it is warmer, so... You know what water does when it gets warmer? It, more water it evaporates, evaporates and it goes up into the air, that and you have that kind of that of system sense. of more cloud cover, basically that goes up and over someplace like the Arctic. It gets pushed down and swaps with the pressure systems and all this other stuff that other people can explain better. But in layman's <laughs> term, basically, more water goes up, 
gets more, pushed to a cold place, and, and then more, more snow comes down. down. More what goes up must come down. Exactly. And then you have an isolated cold place like the Great Lakes, and those will be a those those will just naturally be a colder place because they're large bodies of water. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the middle of winter. They're going to be colder anyways. So you have this large dump of water that just compounds that drags the basically cold temperature from higher up in the atmosphere down and across. This is all very incorrect science, by the way. <laughs> very it works vague for science. What we're saying. <laughs> but it's. I mean, I. It's. That's how it works. It was. It was colder <coughs> in Michigan the past week than it was in Antarctica the ice place it was it was yeah, warmer up there space. yeah yeah it was where were we, where were we in this hellhole of a speech I put the page reloaded and I don't know where we were let's skip it let's skip towards more I, more I think stuff. the last thing I want to talk about because I think I think we've pretty well covered what we needed to mm-hmm. for this environment your kitchen yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a nice kitchen. Studio K. I like that. But so the last thing I want to cover is the Democratic response. So every year... The, oh yeah, you were paying attention to this so you can actually... The opposition ha- the opposition party has a chance to quote-unquote respond, which is really not a response. It's just a, a place for them to put a rising star in the party to talk about how great their party is, mm-hmm. which it, it's always been that way, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. It's someone from the opposition party saying that our party's better and your party sucks. And this year they you, they decided to uh, host, have, uh, give the opportunity to give the response to Stacey Abrams, who recently in 2018 lost an election, a gubernatorial election in Georgia, um, to Brian Kemp, the incumbent at the time and the now still governor of Georgia. So, you know, she she had an uphill battle to fight. She did uh, made a lot of progress towards a Democratic governor, but she did not win because it's Georgia. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the fact that a, a Democrat won a special election there uh, in what was it Alabama recently was like big news oh, yeah. and that's just be- and that's just because the republican was was a child molester <laughs> yay and that he- doesn't discount you these days though no it doesn't but at least we drew a lot we drew a very thin line saying don't touch kids um so at least we good line don't cross that line yeah exactly I don't know if you can actually even hear me from over here but but yeah i think we can Vaguely. Here, let me make that point a little bit better. Look closer. Don't touch kids. <laughs> I don't have my headphones on, so I don't even know what that sounds like. It sounded pretty good. Um, cool. It's a good point that apparently needs to be made. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. Hi, dog. My dog's slinking over here. I'm going to... You can keep talking about your response. All right, you I'll keep talking about, about Abrams. So, so Abrams pretty much came on said that hey, here's my family story, and uh, Republicans suck and Democrats rule. Uh, Go Dems, vote Democrat. That's pretty much all I heard um, out of of her response. That's all I bothered to pay attention to before we flipped it off and stopped caring. We turned it off because it ended. Well, yeah. Um, (laughs) The real news started, and I don't watch that. Oh, it wasn't even a real news broadcast going on behind you. It was, they were talking about the... Were they um, just? It was just news related to. No, it was. They were talking about the history of that 
some uprising, uh, hmm. armed uprising in Oregon that happened a few years back against the federal government. It was a big deal. You'd recognize the pictures if you saw it. You know, okay, people yeah, on yeah. horses standing underneath a bridge oh. with the federal government standoff. Yeah. Yeah, they were yeah, covering that. sounds like that. something I would know about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they were they were just talking about that. It was some revisitation piece on, hey, here's where we are a few years later. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So, but that was a huge deal at the time. Apparently it didn't change anything. Shocker. So. So, yeah, the State of the Union is, quote, great. State of Union sucks. <laughs> that's my that's my official statement. The State of the Union is heh. Heh. Well, I'm at least willing to say that the checks and balances of the government are working. For the most part. For Con- the most part. You know, and now that the Democrats hold at least one half of one third of the government they they have a lot of power now because we like mm-hmm. we like to think of the president as as in charge. Congress was designed to be in charge, um, essentially. That's why they're talked about more in the Constitution than the president is. I tell you what, if I was in charge, I'd be in charge. <laughs> Zach and I, we could do this. We could we could make this work. Shut up, Lenin and Trotsky. <laughs> no, 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 New Age. <laughs> New Age. Everything we talk about when. Off the air, Zach and I could make it work, and we could do it well. We'll have him on sometimes, and him and I can explain our joint plan. We've never had for Zach on. Country. We have not. We sh- absolutely should. We need to get Zach Next on. Next time, he is on. Awesome. So now we have a plan. Next time you hear from us, hopefully Zach will be with us. Hopefully. 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 And uh, if you want to hear a more a professional and uh, well-researched version of what we just did for the past hour and 20 minutes. Listen to a different podcast. <laughs> uh, you can give me a listen at uh, ames.edu forward slash radio next Monday. The There's a date on that that I'm not going to care about. Um, <laughs> from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on the Pulse. Monday the 11th. Oh, it's the 11th? Okay. Monday the 11th, we're going to be I, who keep keeps referring to myself as we am going to be (laughs) covering the state of the union in a little more depth than we did Mm -hmm. here with a lot more professionality than we have here this was just i called preston up was like hey what you doing tonight and he was like hey i'm I'm gonna watch the state of the the union Union. and i was like okay you want to come over here and do that and then i texted him was like hey bring the bring the mic in your computer and we'll we'll record a little piece about it that's it's just it's just us talking yeah i just wanted to put something out there into the ether yeah, exactly. Because exactly. nothing matters. We need to do this more. We should do this. We should do this again. Should, what are you doing Friday? Uh, cocaine. Okay, let's do a cocaine <laughs> podcast on Friday. <laughs> let's let's do an actual non-political podcast Friday. We can talk about a bunch of stuff involving Don't Worry Studios and Severin and podcasts. And... He's in Florida right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And his girlfriend, Severin, right now is in Florida. On tour with his choir and his girlfriend Lauren is uh, last night just played at Carnegie Hall in New York <laughs> because they're succeeding in life and we're sitting around my dining room table talking about the State of the Union. Yup, yup. 
But yeah, Lauren definitely, Summer got the short end of the stick. You're stuck in Florida. Your girlfriend gets to go to New York and play <laughs> Carnegie freaking Hall. So we'll have to get an update from him sometime. I imagine he'll be busy while he's on tour. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird to say it like that. Our boy's on tour. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. Sweet. So there's our... There we go, folks. There's our State of the Union. Hundred, or one hour out. and 22 minutes of us blabbing about the well, State of the still Union. Still not as long as the actual State of the Union. Right? <laughs> Thank you. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you very much. Clap, 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 clap. There, that, technically, that means that we officially talked about the whole thing. <laughs> Dunzo. Uh, let's, let's actually close it out, though. This has been um, an unofficial Don't Worry About a Podcast with Preston Ross and Logan Reese. It is now 10.17 at night, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. heck, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, February 5th. Thank you very much for listening, especially if you made it this far. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>